Welcome to White Codes of the Round Table. My name is Mike Asbeck, and we are a podcast that discusses all aspects of a career in healthcare and future developments in healthcare as well. John is not with me tonight. We decided over the holidays to take the week off. And within that, we're going to do something a little bit different. We wanted to both take just a couple minutes and just talk to you guys about everything that's been going on, and then also maybe look at the future of what 2023 may bring. Today, instead of a new episode, what we decided to do is we wanted to make sure that we were able to dedicate time to family, dedicate some time to relaxing and getting away from work. So we're actually going to be re-releasing an old episode that we did on the off script side of things. So every time that we do a podcast episode, we also release a specific episode for our patron members. And this is behind the paywall. And usually we expand on the topic that's discussed in the main episode, maybe trade some stories, kind of let our hair down, if John may say it that way, since I am a little bit hair challenged. Within the episode that we're going to release today, we discuss various precepting stories. So this accompanies one of our earliest episodes that we did when we talked about how to be a good preceptor or different tips and tricks to medical precepting. In the off-script episode, we took time and actually swapped stories regarding the, the wildest stories that we had with students or as students. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And once again, these episodes occur with every main podcast episode. If you're interested in becoming a patron member, you will receive a bonus episode with each um, release. So that's something that you can consider by going to patreon.com slash WCRT. Moving beyond that, I thought it would be a good opportunity before we dive into the the back catalog episode to just reflect on the past year. John and I launched White Coats of the Round Table in April of 2022, and it's been a really interesting year. We both did this, you know, more so as a hobby. It's something that we wanted to do. We wanted to have a voice. We felt like there was not enough discussion happening in the, the field of healthcare career development, and we thought that we had something to add. And the past year has been really fun. It's been really interesting. We've gotten to meet a lot of new people, and it's grown to something that is really far beyond our expectations. It's certainly something that has gone beyond just being a fun hobby to really being something that has allowed us to to make new connections and and really build um, our ability to to reach out to people that maybe are really looking for opportunities to leave clinical medicine but don't know what types of alternate careers there are or even people that are within clinical jobs that simply are looking for more information on how to have more fulfilling careers or maybe maximize income or job satisfaction. So it's been really exciting. It's something that uh, we're looking forward to 2023. I think our first year doing this was kind of the, the test year to see, is this something that will remain a hobby? Is this something that maybe can be part of our, our career or our career growth moving forward? And John and I are really excited to see what 2023 holds. We feel like this is the year where we can continue to grow this. We can continue to grow our message. We've already got some great guests lined up for the first few months of the year. And we're going to really just continue to listen to you as the listener. We, we really appreciate when we get feedback from you on all the social platforms. I've had people message me on LinkedIn, on Reddit, 
And it really is a great opportunity for us to identify things that you want to hear. Because the whole purpose of this podcast is to help identify career development, um, educate and highlight non-clinical career options for people that work in healthcare. So when we hear from you, when you tell us, hey, you know, we'd love to hear more on bench research for pharmaceutical companies, then it allows us to dive in and really go after that topic and, and make sure that we can do our best to help educate, but then also bring the awareness and education to a, a vast you know amount of listeners. So that's really the plan for 2023. Um, I believe that John may get on here and give his own little blurb, but once again, we're not going to record an episode together. Our schedules were just too chaotic with family, with Christmas, and we wanted to make sure that we practice what we preach. We want to make sure that we're prioritizing family and not burning out ourselves. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the off script episode about precepting stories. And then John and I will be back at it in 2023 with new fresh episodes for you as listeners. As always, if you like what you hear, consider giving us a follow, subscribe on all major streaming platforms. If you really like what you hear, leave us a review. If you don't like what you hear, don't review us. Until next year, this is Mike Asbach. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, uh, Mike and I were talking about reflecting on this last year and what White Coats of the Round Table has, has been, looking back where we feel like we are now, and also looking into the future. Uh, so when I look back at this past year, I find it amazing. I find a lot of um, motivation and hope uh, for the future because I wasn't expecting this to happen. I wasn't really looking for a project. I had a lot of stuff already going on in my life personally and at work. Uh, but when Mike and I got together on this, it, it made sense. We both had a very similar idea. We wanted to help others get to a place where they're passionate about what they do, um, educate others on possibilities of moving out of where they might not be happy or feel like they're being utilized uh, into a place where they are happy to go to work again. Um, but also, secondly, we just wanted to find something, a podcast, uh, anything that wasn't so dry when talking about healthcare. Uh, we didn't want to talk about stats all the time or just reviewing papers. Uh, we wanted to bring something actionable to people. And looking back to see where we came from and who we've met and what we've been able to do with others and, and how we've been able to help some of our listeners and, and friends and uh, colleagues connect with others. It's just, it's been great. Uh, I find that it doesn't seem like work. This is one of those things where a hobby be kind of became something different. Um, and I'm happier and better for it. Now, looking at where we are today, looking back and seeing that we have over 20 episodes, that just seems like an accomplishment to me. Uh, and right now, I I just feel satisfied. I feel like it's going in the direction I wanted it to go. And and in the places where I thought maybe I sh it should go, I was wrong and happily wrong. I just love where we're at right now. And um my hope is that looking forward into the future, we're looking at inviting some new guests on and getting a little bit more information from you guys about what you're interested in, um, maybe 
even talk about currently where you might be struggling uh, in your current work because uh, it's not always talked about on the side of the coin where we are today, always giving us motivation for where we want to be tomorrow by talking to guests. But I hope that this upcoming year brings some more collaboration with colleagues, some more um, information getting out to listeners and other healthcare providers out there who are burned out and looking for something different. And even if it's not that, just being able to talk about things that I care about, uh, that I believe the healthcare community should care about, uh, it's just going to be a great outlet for me. And of course, getting to talk to Mike all the time uh, is a challenge. And I think that this past year, I've I've seen some opportunities and uh, I'm just glad that I could work with him um, when no one else would. So I know this is a, just a little bit of a rant uh, in reflecting, but I just want to thank everybody for listening to us. Uh, um, anybody who's ever heard their own voice knows that it's hard to listen to yourself over and over and over again. And I appreciate it. I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, uh, and I know from Mike's as well, that we're really happy that you joined us. Uh, we do want you to be a part of this. So we hope you take the journey with us and transitioning from non-traditional, uh, rather traditional places to non-traditional work environments or from just the blasé, uh, mundane feeling that you have at work into passion, even if you don't move. Uh, so come along with us again on this journey in 2023. And we hope that we are here at the end of 2023 um, with stories from you. Uh, so it's been a great year, guys. Looking forward to talking to you then. All right, bye. Okay, so uh, everybody, this is the one of our first podcasts that we're doing behind the uh, Patreon account. Um, what do we call this? After Hours? Sure. Or happy hour, or uh, I, we're going to figure out something better to call this thing. But right now, maybe we'll, because after hours, that sounds very seedy. And I, this is a professional podcast, Mike. So <laughs> maybe we're going to call this happy hour for now because we are just a couple of professionals um, having a couple of bevies over here. Um, but mine's coffee right now because this is, we are recording at 11 in the morning. So. Yeah, I have, later, a, I have a 12 o'clock meeting, so I definitely yeah. cannot be uh, doing no. any bevies. Yeah, but maybe next time we'll um, <laughs> we do enjoy some drinks. Usually when we're recording, uh, I'll have some tequila next time and you'll have some bourbon, I'm sure, as you do. Right. Bourbon or beer, depending on what you got going on. But more so we'll of a bourbon it, guy. Yep. OK, so we'll call it happy hour for now. And uh, today I think we're going to talk. Uh, this is a reflection on our podcast, episode five, mentorship, precepting in the student relations. Uh, the reason why we put this behind the paywall is because these are uh, some stories that are, uh, we don't want to be necessarily mainstream out there for everybody here. We think that you as a Patreon member deserve to hear a little bit more of the nitty gritty, the fun stories behind, or rather we can, you know, take our white coats off and get a little bit more comfortable and really talk about what, what life's all about here. So Mike, I want to hear some, all right. give me some good stories, make me smile, laugh, cry, whatever you want to make me feel. Tell me something funny, good about your relationships as a student or a preceptor, please. 
perfect. So in for listeners, John and I have intentionally not shared these stories with each other. We wanted to make sure that we were all hearing them for the first time so that we could have genuine reaction to them. Please. So just to, to give context, like uh, John said, we're extending this off of our podcast episode about precepting. So I think I my back of the napkin math, I've taken about 400 students in my 10 years in medicine. So there's oh, a, a lot of really good students. There's a lot of, you know, not so great students, but also some really funny stories. Uh, so here, we'll start with this story. So I work in psychiatry. Um, we see a lot of, you know, group home patients, patients with developmental disability. So I had a student, this was many years ago. I had a student with me. She was awesome, really good student. And we were um, working with a patient who had, you know, some pretty profound intellectual disability. He also had impulse control. And we were walking him up to the front desk to check out. And, you know, the little things that you think of, you know, or do as a professional and you don't necessarily think of it. Like if I'm seeing a patient like that, you know, I'm never turning my back to them. I always make Mm -hmm. sure they walk in front of me. Just little things that, you know, you naturally develop and don't think about. Mm -hmm. Well, as a preceptor, I apparently failed because I never taught my student how to manage a, a patient where there's concern for, you know, impulse control or physical mm-hmm. disruption. So we were walking this patient up and she turned her back to the patient to get something off the printer, turned around back to hand this to the patient's caregiver and the patient just sucker punched her right across the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Tyson, she was down on the ground. It was really scary and awful oh, at the time. Yeah. So that's not the funny part of this. Um, thankfully she was okay. She was very shaken up. She went home for the day. Um, she, she, went, she went home for the day. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, what a she, good guy. I, well, she, <laughs> Why don't you take the rest of the day off? <laughs> I mean, she had a shiner. Like she, she really got hit. Um, so it was just awful. It was scary. You know, I felt terrible because like I said, I, I felt responsible in the sense that I hadn't, you know, trained her or taught her just the little precautions you take with patients like that. So anyway, so thankfully, she finished her rotation. She was shaken up, but she did okay. No physical harm. Fast forward a couple months later, this this individual had graduated, and she was a really good student. So we were looking to hire within our clinic. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, this, this student was actually really good. Let me reach out to her and see if she's uh, interested in working for us. So I reached out. It's like, hey, you were just fantastic on your month rotation. I just wanted to see, gauge your interest. Uh, would you ever want to work here? And she didn't respond for like a good 24 hours. And then her response was, are you serious? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> he goes, you do remember I got assaulted in your clinic? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that happened, didn't it? And she's like, how could you think I want to work there? And I was like, yeah, it was amazing, okay. Rachel. We left you. <laughs> so it's like, maybe I miscalculated the situation. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, I mean, the uh, like I said, the, the, the funny part about that is not necessarily her getting assaulted. That's horrible. But just my uh, my idiocy that I thought she no. would want to work at the place where she got assaulted by a patient. Man, I don't uh, think I've ever had something like that happen. Oh, God. man, that was bad. So do you want to go? I've got I've got more lined up. If you if you want, uh, you tell I'll me just, what I'll, you want to do. I'll next. sprinkle them in. How about that? All right. Okay, I'll sprinkle them in. So I I'm going to talk about a couple of student stories. I'm going to as a student because these are some of my best stories. So <laughs> one of these was on the ID rotation, and we walk into you're spending probably five to fifteen minute consults in in rooms. Okay, in the hospital beds. Um, so we're rounding. 
we get to this patient who's got a fungal infection that has been out of control. Uh, they, they haven't been able to treat it. They've done topicals. Um, we don't want to go to something like caspafungin if you don't have to, because it's uh, detrimental to the health and so many drug interactions. Um, so we, we walk into the room and I'm with this kid who was hilarious. He was one of uh, my friends in school. I would say acquaintances in school, but once we got in this rotation, I'm like, this guy is hilarious. I'm, uh, and we've had a great time in this rotation together. One of the hardest rotations, but we had the best time. We walked in this room and uh, this patient is kind of out of it. Uh, I'm not sure what med- medications they had him on. So in ID, <laughs> it's like these doctors, they don't, they pretend like the patient sometimes not even there. They just start talking as though they're like a picture on the wall. Like you see here, this was drawn by so-and-so they're experiencing this and this it, talking like it's just a blank piece of paper out in the bed. And they're like, okay, so this patient has a yeast infection. And at this point, you're not thinking a vaginal yeast infection. There's many types of yeast infections. And he's like, okay, let's take a look. And me, we're, we're gowned up because it was also a C. diff room. We're gowned up and I'm there with this, uh, <laughs> this other student. And they lift up the patient's uh, gown and they have a panis. And if you don't know what a panis is, it's the extra, um, uh, I'll say flesh, suprapubic flesh that kind of just folds over the pubic area. And so you have to like fold it up to do any work. So uh, they've got a big panis and they flip it up. And let me tell you, Mike, I had never seen anything like this before. It looked like somebody took a a tub of cottage cheese and just dumped it in the pubic area. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my God, this is why I've got into this. My, I thought it was great. I thought it was not hilarious because I mean, this is people suffering, but just things you do not ex- mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. expect. Well, let me tell you, the guy next to me did not expect it and he did not want to see that. He started gagging. He's going, huh. And he started shaking violently. He's like, I gotta go. <laughs> he just ran out of the room. And um, I would love to tell you that was the only time that happened, but I will tell you the next time that happened, maybe in the next story I tell you, but he ran out of the room and this was not an experience that was isolated. So please continue on because I'm going to tell you the next one afterwards. All right. I've got one uh, from when I was a student. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll stick with that. So I was in my surgery, general surgery rotation, and I was with a med student, um, real solid dude. Interestingly, he's a psychiatrist now, so he went Mm. mental health as well, and maybe the story will tell you why. Um, So we were in general surgery, and it was a great rotation. The the attendings were all super nice. They they allowed the students to do a lot. Um, You know, I don't know if from a pharmacy perspective, when you do a surgery rotation as a student, typically your job is to retract. You you get to be in on the case and you're usually just holding back, you know, the tools and retracting. So I I don't even remember what the case was, but it was an open abdomen case. So Mm -hmm. whole belly was opened up and we were retracting. Like a washout or something? Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was a a big field. Mm -hmm. And so I was on one side of the table. The other student was on the other side of the table, and then the attending was with us. So there was no residence, um, and it was just the two students and the attending. 
Mm. And we were working and this student was wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. He was blind as a bat. I mean, Coke bottle glasses could barely see anything. And we're sitting over it and it's a long case. It was a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And he started getting sweaty. So he kept <laughs> having the nurse, you know, dab him, which is completely fine. But you could see him perspiring. The the no, this was the third year med student. Oh, med student. So okay, was, sorry. You know, it was hot. It was uncomfortable. He was getting sweaty. And then I look up and we're looking down at the surgical field and I see in slow motion his glasses because oh. his face was steady. His glasses start sliding off his face. No. <laughs> and they fall right into the surgical field. No. The surgeon pauses. And then I think, are we allowed to swear on this? This is after Yes, no, you definitely can now. And the surgeon just goes, what the f*** was that? <laughs> <laughs> his glasses, this kid's glasses, which are not sterile, are sitting in the patient's oh. abdomen. They fell right in. Moment of silence. No one says anything. And then the student goes, uh, doctor, those are my glasses. Surgeon pulls him out and says, you either are putting these back on your face and we're finishing the case or you're getting the hell out of my <laughs> Oh, my God. But it was, I mean, awful. And of course, I, you know, the patient got antibiotics and all that. So yeah. the patient was okay. But my goodness, that, that moment of terror, you know yes. how it is as a student. You're oh, yeah. so scared of doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And his glasses just dropped into the surgical field. And the way they dropped, like they weren't just sitting on top. They weren't just right at the incision point. They just went whoop, right in. Like, mm. oh, my goodness. Nestling right after yeah, the transverse colon was just <laughs> right? snuggling that. Exactly. That, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, man, that was uh, thankfully it wasn't me because I'm sure he crapped himself. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I, I was going to tell you, oh, my God, you said crapped himself. OK, I'm going to transition. I'm going to make these quick. I swear I'm not going to make this a long one. So when I told you about this, this, uh, I was a colleague of mine, but another student that was with me, we went to another room, completely different day. And, and there was this patient who was, uh, had dementia, had a UTI, and then had a stage for um, tunneling ulcer, that was sacral ulcer. So if you don't know what that is, it means it also goes all the way to the bone and starts tunneling under the skin up the bone mm. or up at least into um, uh, flesh further up. So that was packed. And we go into this room and uh, the doctor just rolls her over and like she was just like an animal or something because she was out of it. Uh, and he rolls her over and immediately, bro, she sh- bad <laughs> like we're all standing in that side and the doctor just looks at it and goes huh hand me those napkins and this, i give him all these napkins and he just puts a pile of napkins on, <laughs> on their bed and she's saying things like no doctor please no doctor but she's out of it she doesn't yeah. like she right. was sedated enough but as soon as he starts going up into the sacral ulcer and unpacking with his hand the student again <laughs> starts shaking and runs back out again. Um, and so this was a common thing. I mean, especially when we saw the wound vac, the wound vac, when we unpacked the wound vac and this guy started going into um, uh, a seizure as a, uh, oh man, it was like a 500 pound individual. And when that man started going to seizure in the ICU, we uh, he ran out. Of, he ran out again. But 
Um, you mentioned specifically uh, dropping things into a field and you were glad that it wasn't you. You're glad that you didn't make that big mistake. Well, let me tell you, my final presentation, Oh no! Uh, my most, um, ooh, I, I was really looking forward to giving uh, my case study on a patient I was following who had um, HIV, um, had multiple surgeries, had um, bilateral knee replacements, and she was a very complicated case, multiple infections. Uh, we had her on um, anaerobic um, aerobic, uh, fungal, everything. We had everything on this patient. Mm-hmm. When you're on HIV medications at the time, there's the heart therapies. I mean, there, you didn't have a lot of options and almost everything had drug interactions. So I was like, Oh, I've got this patient. I'm going to write them up. I'm going to, uh, manage their medication therapies, make recommendations. And this is, this patient's going to come out of here better than they came in. But that's what, that's what we think of as students. We think we're going to find something that they don't understand. And these these providers are like, no, when I walked in there, I knew exactly what we we're going to do. ABC, let's go next one. So I get up there and present, made this power. It took me weeks to put this PowerPoint together. It was going to be perfect. At the end, I finish any questions. No, great job. Thanks. Phew, nothing. Okay. Um, I go in the back of the room and my preceptor, their face, jaw slack, drop eyes wide open. She goes, John, come here. So I come and I'm like, uh, never had anything negative said about me on this rotation. It was all good. She goes, do you realize what you just set up there? I said, no. She goes, when you were talking about the reconstructive surgery of the vaginal flap and how we keep on having to place drains, you kept on saying vaginal. (laughs) You were not saying vaginal. You were saying vaginal the whole time. And we're with the two most respected attendings in IED in this area. <laughs> and I didn't have anything to say. And I went home defeated that day. Fantastic. But now I know vaginal. I would never say vaginal again. Um, I mean, you can, but it's like, it's like spelling your name wrong in an application, which is another story. But <laughs> yeah, um, those were, those were, those were rough times, but uh, I, I know you have more. Do you have anything right. else you want? Like, I mean, we have, oh, yeah. we have got a few more minutes. Let's go. I've got some. So, so let's stick with, I, I'm going to try and one up your panis and the, uh, you know, <laughs> bodily reactions. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, so another one, I like the, you know, another you know your camera's not on, by the way. Yeah. I turned it off because we're getting okay. a little, just, I think our band just, just making sure. Just making sure. Okay. Is the audio coming in? Okay. On your end? Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. You're coming in a little hot on my end and I don't know uh, if it's a here. connection issue I'll back, or no, I'll back up. We're good. Okay. Yeah. It might just be the connection. The, the hotel's like three megabytes or something. Um, so anyway, so Another good story of me failing as a preceptor. So my general rule in medicine, because I work in psychiatry, so I've got patients that I've been seeing for years and years, and we've got wonderful, close relationships that are, you know, longitudinal. And a lot of times I'll have patients that'll bring in food, you know, they'll bring in stuff as a thank you. And it's lovely. It's so wonderful that patients do that. But my general rule is I do not eat things that a patient makes. It has to be sealed and purchased. And the reason that I've learned this is as a as a young professional, the, the benefits are the importance of mentorship. Mm. So I, when I first got hired in my job, I was shadowing my medical director and we saw a guy, a wonderful guy, awesome. 
and he would make his own pickles. So, you know, this was like week two on my job. He brings in this whole case of pickles and my boss is like, oh, take a couple jars home. These are the best pickles you'll ever have. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was all about it. You know, 23 year old me took the pickles home. They were incredible. And this was wait, this is before your rule was initiated. This is the reason for you. This rule. is the reason for the rule. Right. Okay. All right. So a couple months later, I'm, you know, now seeing patients as a PA and I see this guy. Mm-hmm. So when I'm seeing him and we're talking and I told him how great the pickles are and I'm looking in his chart and he's a hoarder mm. and he has 12 cats. Mm. So I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm like, all right, I didn't die from the pickles, but what kind of sanitation does a hoarder with 12 cats have in their mm-hmm. kitchen when they're making these mm-hmm. pickles? So that's, that's what I realized, especially canned food that, you know, my goodness, the risk of botulism is not worth uh, eating food given by patients. So I love, I appreciate when patients bring stuff. It's such a wonderful gesture, but I won't eat it. I just uh, politely will set it aside if it's homemade and not sealed. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a couple of years and now I'm precepting and I've got a student and a patient brings in um, homemade, what'd she make? It was some sort of homemade quick bread. And... It was lovely of her. It, my student had it. I, I set it aside and my student took it back to the student room. And you know how students are. They're poor. They're broke. They'll eat anything. They devoured this quick bread. So I went into the room. I was like, what happened to that banana bread? They're like, oh, we ate it. It was so good. I was like, oh, well, that patient has mild to moderate dementia. I, you know, I generally, as a rule, I don't eat anything that's homemade from patients. And and I'm not sure cognitively, you know, where she's at. At this time, I think I had two or three students. All of them got so sick. They called in two days in a row after that. They had the worst food poisoning from whatever mm-hmm. was in that. So, <laughs> so they learned their lesson too. But once again, I, uh, I failed as a preceptor. I didn't pass on these little tips and tricks of uh of how to kind of navigate medicine well it, i i mean that's kind of you to recognize that you're you're trying to watch out for your students but what about the preceptors who don't <laughs> so i poisoning. like when i was in the uh in the aids care clinic um again to reiterate, the AIDS care clinic has been rebranded and now it's trying to be a more of a inclusive family, uh, uh, family medicine um, that is, supports LGBTQ plus um, patients. So it's definitely more inclusive now, but it was primarily only AIDS patients um, who, I mean, HIV positive patients who had AIDS or were being managed for hepatitis C because there wasn't a lot of hepatitis C clinics. Um, and this is before the new therapies that you have, like, you know, your month to three months of treatment and you're pretty much cured or cleared of the uh, hepatitis C. It was the, um, the Pegasus trials or the, like the interferon type medications. And so we were meeting with them weekly, sometimes monthly. This one patient came in and we're sitting with him. He, and it, this is a, a community that's primarily um uh at the time homosexual but this one individual who came in he was very um proud of his identifying um as a gay man and he was a very good looking good looking man uh good looking man back in the day and he had these pictures when he used to bodybuild and everything at this point he had the gut now but he started we're sitting in this room me and three or two other um, uh, students with our preceptor 
And he starts pulling out pictures. Look at this picture of me when I was younger. And they progressively get more and more like edgy. I'm like, where's this going? (laughs) The last picture he shows us is him standing completely naked in front of a mirror with a towel in his mouth and the towel is going down and just hanging above his, like over his genitalia. So you saw everything, but that. That's artful. But it was from like from the eighties though. That's the thing. Tasteful nudity. Well, that's, but as a preceptor, at what point do you say like, okay, Jeff or whatever his name was like, that's enough. No, she let him go. And not only did, did, uh, did that happen? he, He goes, uh, she goes, okay, so Jeff, why are we here today? He's like, well, I've got this hernia we've been trying to work on. And I had never seen a hernia in, in uh, the real world before. And she goes, you guys want to see it? And so I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. He pulls up his shirt, pulls on his pants just a little bit. And it was, uh, it was like a lower quadrant, lower middle quadrant uh, hernia, but it was protruding out probably three inches just there. And I was with a couple pretty girls um, who were students. And he looks at them and goes, you guys want to touch it? (laughs) (laughs) And, but they were very, um, I don't want to say gullible, but they were just like, yes, yes. Like women, men, whatever. Yes, men. They were like, okay. And again, the preceptor didn't stop it. Ungloved. (laughs) Poked it. Goes to the next girl, ungloves, pokes it, comes to me. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not touching that. <laughs> like I was like, come on. I was like, no, I don't need to touch a hernia. I can oh, imagine I, what it feels like. I'm okay. I totally would have touched it. I, I mean, when maybe Rome, you got to experience it. No, I watched them do it. And that was it. I mean, but that's a preceptor who was just like, <clears throat> This is the population that we deal with. Everybody yep. get used to get it. Used like to it. exactly, mm-hmm. like you might want to be a professional wearing your three piece suit or whatever you want to wear, and and be like, yeah, I'm a, I got my graduate degree. No, if you're in a position where that's your clientele, just get to the level, man. Enjoy it. Like have some fun. I was not ready for <laughs> to be touching hernias and seeing nudity that day. Um, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, so many good stories, man. I mean, yeah. I've got, I've got still some more time. If you have a little bit more time, all right. Me, stories I'm going to do, yeah, I'm going to give you two back to back because they go okay. hand in hand, and then I'll, I'll let you uh, try and up it. Okay. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. All right. So what I'll finish with is uh, obviously bodily functions happen. You know, mm-hmm. that seems to be the recurrent theme of a lot of these stories. Yeah. So I had a student who, um, you know, on day one was telling us because we get a lot of you know drug rep lunches in in psychiatry we use a lot of medications and she had mentioned oh you know i'm gluten-free i have celiac disease yada yada so we knew that there was these dietary restrictions we had a lunch one day and i forget what it was i think it was like a a breaded chicken or something like that and Mm -hmm. and somehow she accidentally ate something with gluten Mm. so we call a patient back this is our first patient after lunch and we go back to my office so it's me, the patient, and then the student. And you could tell going into the visit. So my visits are generally about 20 minutes long. So they're they're longer than, you know, most medical appointments because we're talking about things. And you the the evolution of my students' demeanor and well-being from the start of the visit to the end of the visit, you could tell something was bad. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so like her face started going real pale. You could hear her stomach gurgling and grumbling during the visit. It was audible. You could hear mm-hmm. it. And then she started like really discreetly trying to squeak out farts. <laughs> so you know how it, you know how it is where like mm-hmm. like oh my goodness my stomach I gotta let this out and you're like trying to shift your weight in the chair and you're trying to figure out a way to to let it out really quietly. Mm-hmm. Well, you could see her doing this. I I'm watching and I know what she had for lunch. I know that there was concern. You know, she was like, I don't know if this has gluten. I think I may have, you know, eaten something that's going to make me sick. And you could just watch this progress progress in front of you. So she started ripping them Mm. in the visit and they were not quiet. Like, you know, it it would happen and like the patient and I would exchange looks like everyone in the room had this awkward look. Now, the beautiful thing about having three people in the room is you have plausible deniability. You know, if, if it's just you and the patient and you let one rip. The patient is going to know it wasn't them. So you really are in trouble, at least with three people in the room. It may be awkward and everyone's looking around, but there's plausible deniability. But as soon as the visit ends, I've never seen a student run this fast. She sprints out of the room, goes to the bathroom. I don't see her for another two hours before she comes back. She looks like she's on death's door and says, I need to go home. And I was like, yeah, I think you need to. (laughs) So, So that was great. Along those lines, as we're talking about bodily functions, so if you've had students, you know, I, I always refer to my students, especially in their first two weeks, I call them baby bunnies mm-hmm. because they show up, they're completely useless. They don't know what to do. They just, they, they wander around like, you know, clueless baby bunnies. So, and you know, when you call them baby bunnies, the students think it's a term of endearment. So it works great where it's kind of mm. like the, the snickering, somewhat insulting way that we refer to students and the students don't realize we're using it as an insult. So it works out great. But so I had a, a baby bunny with me. It was like our first or second day, and we walked a patient up to the checkout desk, and typically I have my own a room that is dedicated to students. That's where they have all their reading materials. That's where they have their, their computers for charting. So typically in my clinic, we see a patient. I go back to my office to write my notes. The student goes back to their office to read up on the next patient. So the students are not in my office unless we are seeing patients. So I go back to my office. You know, I've got some some GI grumbling or gurgling going on. So I get to my office and I, I think I'm in a position where I can then, you know, release mm-hmm. the abdominal pressure. So I, uh, I take care of my bodily uh, needs, let it out. And I hear like a <clears throat> little giggle. And it's like that, that awkward moment. Cause I, my back is to the door and I turn slowly around there's the baby bunny just awkwardly followed me into my office and was standing three feet behind me when I let one rip. We sat there for a minute and I said, okay, you can go back to your office now. And she's like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> and then went back. So I, you know, everyone. No acknowledgement. Farts. Nope. Never talked about it. Everyone farts. Yeah. It happens, but yeah, it's always fantastic when, uh, when students are following you around awkwardly and you do it. Yeah. So something we didn't talk about on the podcast was the, and I wanted to hit on it, but the, you sometimes get these, these students, right. That you have no time, no tolerance. You don't want a student at this time. Maybe you have a lot going on at home, whatever it is. There are times when you just make up bullshit work (laughs) to get them out of your face. Like, do you know, um, what do you know about QT prolongation with SSRIs 
um, with first generation psych meds and anti-nausea medication. Cause you're going to see it all the time. Let's go. What do you know about it? Nothing. Right. All right. Go find literature. Yep. They're going to be at that for hours, bro. Like, write, a, write a four to five page summary of the of existing literature. <laughs> yes. Yep. And I want you to um, put everything in uh, correct format and citing your sources as well. Um, and then I want you to tell me how you searched it in the uh, in PubMed. And I hate that I do that, but sometimes like you do just need to find busy work for people, right? Just send them away. And I wish you could, there's not a great way to know, like, you know, probably a year in advance if you're getting a student, roughly mm -hmm. six months to a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it's just not a good time. And there's not enough uh, locations for these students to go to. Um, these schools are always struggling mm -hmm. to find a quality program locations right for practice um and uh man i i don't know how many times you send people out on busy work you probably have enough work for people to do but at least let me tell you in the community pharmacy setting a lot of these people look at these students as just labor like mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. you are is you go and you work your ass off so maybe this isn't a funny story maybe it's just something that I experienced, but there was a rotation I went on that was supposed to be a corporate um, administrative uh, clinical growth and operational uh, evaluative, uh, evaluative rotation. You know what I did this whole rotation, Mike, is I did all the Excel data for the analysts. That's um, all I yeah. did. It's gut work. It's gut work. Like I, do you know what a SIG code is? Are you aware yeah. of what? Okay. So yeah. we do shorthand SIGs, right? That are definitely not approved anymore. No, I can't even think of the body that does it all right now. It's uh, who does the tall man lettering? Oh, I, yeah. it's not the yeah. NIH, is it? It's uh, anyways, it's one of those guys. Well, it's not approved really, but we still use it in all of our uh, pharmacy EMR systems because some of these codes are long and it's, it's just, it's helpful anyways. So uh, I spent weeks where I was staying up until like midnight or later, just testing their codes that they had just created to make sure that I was just doing uh, experiment lab type work in the AMR system for weeks. And then the only other project I did that I got so much praise for that I think maybe this was the reason why I ended up getting hired and moving up in this area was because I mapped out our market share geographically on local maps. That's what I did. <laughs> what does that have to do with pharmacy? I was pinning where our locations were, where our competitors were, and how many um, prescriptions and percentage of market share that we had in those different areas. So I could tell you, this location is this far from Walgreens, who makes this much market share percentage on these claims through this insurance company, and they loved it. I get it. It's great market data, but what in the world does that have to do with me learning that stuff? Like, I didn't need to learn that. That's 
that's something that you just, you could pick up off of Google and like, okay, when I'm in this job, I can, I, I need to figure this out. And if maybe marketing doesn't know how to do it, I'll figure out whatever, what bull crap waste of time. And unfortunately, sometimes I do that to people too. So but. <laughs> we've got so many stories about, Oh yeah. I think we're going to cut it off. I'm running out of time. Have to. Um, but next time we talk, um, it'll be on what we'll at least call right now, happy hour time. Um, we hope that when you do listen to happy hour with us, um, now we don't want to promote drinking because maybe that would be a problem for some folks, but we're go probably going to have a nice little, uh, uh, sniffer full of bourbon or tequila or, you know, whatever your drink is. Maybe you want no duels. Maybe you want milk. You know, maybe you want skim, maybe you want water, maybe you want a little bit of meal in that, huh? Maybe you want a tea. <laughs> milk happy hour. The Mormons love it. Ooh, milk happy hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. uncaffeinated milk, folks. Make sure you oh. keep that mm -hmm. uncaffeinated milk out there. Um, but grab your drink of choice, maybe your snack of choice. Um, we'll sit down. We'll just chat it up. We'll talk about some funny stories, make each other laugh. Um, and hopefully, if you've got some great stories to share, uh, believe me. I will read them and I will read them aloud. Uh, just, uh, you can send it to our email. Mike, what's our, what's our email again for the podcast? So if you go to Patreon, White Coats of the Round Table, there's a function to contact us. And then mm -hmm. also what we'll be doing now that we're getting our premium content up and running is we're going to have a private Facebook group that will get up and running. Um, and I think that'll be an awesome place for maybe a little bit more unfiltered conversation amongst professionals. Okay. And maybe we'll, um, I might be able to drop a email location in here at some point. Uh, I will probably talk about that in the next episode or I'll drop it on the Patreon uh, website. So you can click that link to email us directly. Um, and from that point, well, we will be moving on from, uh, from this episode of happy hour following episode five on mentorship, precepting and student relationships. We hope to see you on the next happy hour. Uh, again, I'm John. All right. I'm Mike white coats of the round table. Happy hour. Where are we going with that? Yeah. Happy All hour. Right. Until next time. Have a great day guys. Bye.